0: Hi, this is Sean from Kansas, and I never listened to I Doubt It with Dolomore.
1: And you should value my opinion, because I have a very good brain, and I've said a lot of things. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously get ready to move the conversation forward this ain't your granddad's news and comment show this is I doubt it with Dolamore all right thank you for joining us and welcome to this 223rd episode of I doubt it with Dolamore I am your host Jesse Dolamore and sitting Quietly and submissively across from me, <laughs> the lovely and demure Brittany page
2: it's because I'm nervous
1: you're nervous yes, I was joking, but why why on earth would you be nervous?
2: Well, I have to talk to you about something really, really important
1: <laughs> i I'm a little a little freaked out because. This could be anything.
2: (laughs) Well, it's really important. So you might have an idea what it was. We were at a party recently.
1: We were just the other day.
2: Well, a barbecue party type thing. A small gathering.
1: That's right. Small gathering.
2: And there was a bowl of nuts.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: There was a nut bowl.
1: Really, this is the important thing you need to say.
2: This is this is an intervention that I'm having for you. <laughs> and I feel like if <laughs> other people know
1: Once again, Brittany Page and her adversarial relationship with nature.
2: No, it's not with nature, it's with nutbulls. <laughs> now listen, anybody communal nut bowls. anyone who knows me and who is close to me that I love not to snack from a nut bowl you just shouldn't be doing that what what not unless it's an individual for each person little snack nut bowl okay (laughs) if many different people are eating from the nut bowl then it is off limits for people that i care about just don't don't put yourself in harm's way is what i'm saying
1: especially grubby children
2: yes now here's what happens. not
1: necessarily because these kids aren't grubby but they're just fucking kids. Okay. They're 9, 7, and 5. Right.
2: There were kids at this party is right. what you're getting at. You're just randomly starting to talk about kids. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: that's why I think you have issue. More issue.
2: Yeah. So one of the kids, the youngest kid, was eating from this bowl. And he was just... Ver- ferociously... I mean, he was going at it.
1: Voraciously eating.
2: He was picking out his favorites. So he was picking... We we had a
1: conversation about which were his favorites.
2: Right. So he was picking picking them all up, and the ones he didn't like, he was throwing back down.
1: Yeah, I didn't really notice that. Okay,
2: so then what happened was... Jesse <laughs> was talking to the kid about what his favorite nuts were and hey, he's man. like, "Oh, I love the walnuts the, no, the and ca- I love the ca-
1: cashews and
2: walnuts. Those yeah. are his favorite." Yeah. And then you proceed to pick up an almonds. I was eating
1: the ones he wasn't eating.
2: And Put it in your mouth.
1: Yeah, well that's what you do when you eat nuts.
2: And then we put them in your mouth. And then we locked eyes. And I'm looking at you.
1: It was the death glare. No, it wasn't a death death glare. My eyes
2: were wide open and I'm mouthing (laughs) at you. What are you doing? (laughs) Yes.
1: They were tasty. That was a tasty little bowl of assorted nuts.
2: I I bet they had a very unique flavor.
1: Well, at least these kids are are at. They don't have dick beaters yet. It's not like they're uh... they're putting their grubby little dick beaters all over. They're just dirty hands.
2: Um, I.
1: It's nine years old. It's
2: it... no. I'm not saying that they are masturbating. <laughs> I'm saying that kids touch everything. Yeah, you don't think they have sure. their hands down their pants at some time? Of course they do. They're kids. Listen, I
1: understand your trepidation surrounding communal eating. I get that.
2: But I I had a
1: couple nuts. I'm fine. You're fine. Everybody's fine.
2: This intervention did not go as <laughs> I was hoping. God damn <laughs> I thought that you would see the error in your ways. I
1: am not ready to go to nut rehab. But I'm just not ready.
2: You're just you're not ready to stop. I haven't
1: hit rock bottom yet.
2: You're not ready to stop hurting people. <laughs> Me.
1: You should have written a letter. The, you have hurt me with your nut bull eating in the following ways.
2: I could rock that out right now. Right off the top of my head. It's right. fresh. The right. wound is fresh. Right. Yes.
1: Oh, my God. My fucking stomach hurts. Mm-hmm. Stop with the nut fury. You stop. You're being nutrageous.
2: <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at that. I shouldn't have laughed at that. That was horrible.
1: All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Let me catch my breath.
2: Unsuccessful.
1: It was good. I tried and, and surprising. I like when you surprise me with topics like that because I'm I'm caught unawares, as they say. They do? They I think somebody says that.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Well, last episode, episode two hundred and twenty two, we received a voicemail from friend of the show and friend of the host, Dan, who is a world traveller who loves Northern Europe Mm -hmm. and Scandinavia specifically. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he asked the two of us, I know you know, Brittany, I'm telling the audience just in case they haven't caught episode 222.
2: Oh, I like to respond. All right. Mm -hmm.
1: And Dan wanted to kind of get our take on why Americans are so averse to Scandinavia, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, these countries like, like Amsterdam where our conservative politicians malign them in their governments as being socialist, and it's like a bad word. Well, we, as a result of my response, got a voicemail, a voice memo, as it were, from another one of our Scandinavian listeners, and there are many, Listen, I love our listeners there because they are active, they are involved, they are astute, they are smart, they are fucking opinionated, and they're willing to join in the conversation. It's just, it's real, real good. So without further ado, here is an unhappy Jill from Denmark.
3: Hi, this is Jill from Aarhus, Denmark, uh, calling regarding episode 222. Uh, Dan, you've got it right. Dolomar, you've got it wrong. Uh, Including the part about uh, Danes having a king. Uh, We've had a queen since 1972. The royal family, they're now celebrities and uh, only in ceremonial situations, rulers. The rulers uh, of Denmark are the democratically chosen uh, parliament and the prime minister. Actually, I think uh, just the opposite, that Danes believe much less in authorities than Americans, and structures in most uh, schools and workplaces and such have less hierarchy. And even as young children, you're encouraged to have your own ideas and your own beliefs rather than just listening to the teacher or listening to your parents. And while there's less Respect for authority figures, there's much more respect for uh, other people as individuals. And that uh, the reason that you don't throw garbage on the streets is out of respect for nature and for the other people in the society we live in. Free education and socialized medicine are also a part of this uh, where each individual has the possibility of living their lives not being worried about uh, getting sick and not being able to pay the bills. And no matter who their parents are, they have the possibility of getting an education and getting the the possibility of getting ahead in life. Um, The kind of thing that Americans seem to think is uh, the American dream that only exists in America. Of course, nothing's perfect, but having lived half my life in uh, the U.S. and half my life in Denmark, uh, I choose Denmark any day of the week. In a way, you brought it on with your uh, king and subject stuff, Dolomar. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Britney's the best part. <laughs>
2: I-, I love when you can tell people are smiling when they talk. Yes. And you could tell she was smiling at the end there.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen... Um... Well, one, I, I don't really feel like I have anything to apologize for. I think maybe I was misunderstood. You have a
2: I, lot to apologize for. <laughs>
1: the nuts, right?
2: You better get going.
1: <laughs> one is I have a tremendous amount of respect. Tremendous. <laughs> I really do have a fantastic amount of respect for... Is that still Trumpian? Yeah. I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for Scandinavia, for their way of life, for their people, for their their culture... For their respect for others. I think it's it's awesome. I really do. And I I, I guess what I want to say is when when I was answering Dan's question, you know, he was just kind of going ahead. What do you kind of think here? And I still think that there are cultural differences, be they good or bad. I wasn't justifying, I was just stating what it is. Our founding and our history is very early. We're a young people, we're a young culture, we're a super young country, where Denmark has 800 years or something on us, hundreds and hundreds of years in social development. It's also a lot more homogenous a society. It's, you know, I mean, you do have your particular separate groups, but for the most part, it's, yeah, it's Danes, it's white people. That causes things to be different when it's all just one, everybody looks the same, it's everybody the same. I'm not hating on you. I love you guys. I Trust me, I love the shit out of you guys. I'm just saying that I think it's hard to deny that there are stark cultural and historic differences between us. As far as the king and queen thing goes, I know it's a queen, I wasn't um accurate about the specifics of that i just i know it's a monarchy there and of course it's ceremonial but still it's a monarchy you have a king and queen england or you have a queen i'm sorry england they have a queen they have a monarchy in place that's fucking weird to me it's just weird maybe that's just me being the arrogant american but i think it's weird anyway more than anything goddamn. I love our Scandinavian listeners. I love our Northern European listeners. They are it's gonna sound condescending, but they are smart as a whip, Brittany Page, which is a good thing. That's really smart.
2: Oh, I thought you were insulting them.
1: <laughs> so thank you, Jill. I, I appreciate the call. I'm 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 uh I'm honored to have incited your 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 fury.
2: Well, we're always excited to hear from new listeners. Uh, Especially new international listeners because we know that they're out there. And we saw on some website that tells you like podcast statistics that we've topped charts in, I think, like eight different countries. Yeah, we
1: were, I think, number 54 overall in Finland, which is just fucking weird. Well,
2: it's really exciting, but we don't ever hear from people in those countries, but we know they're listening. So it's exciting to hear from people that we know are listening and especially when it's a fact check and especially when it's a fact check of (laughs) jesse
1: let me tell (laughs) you i think uh i think dan drummer for father john misty will be super excited to know he was right and fuck me
2: yes (laughs) oh for sure
1: all right again jill thank you we love you we appreciate you listening seriously we do thank you for helping us move the conversation forward If you, too, would like to sound off and call the show or leave us a voice memo, it's either 657-464-7609 or email that voice memo from your smartphone to it at dollamore.com. We are eager to continue moving the conversation forward, and it is only with your help that we do so. We love you guys. A little bit of follow-up before we move on. Martin Skrelly, everybody's favorite. Martin Skrelly, the pharma bro. Ugh, the pharma bro. He apparently is being indicted on brand new, fresh ass charges.
2: A revised indictment filed last week alleged Skrelly and his former attorney, Evan Green Gribel. Gribel? Gribel.
1: <laughs> you listen. <laughs> if I could say anything about your 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 skill level having improved over the course of like two fifty or so episodes you know bonus and and numbered episodes, it really has to be your the, the your pronunciation of people's names is just it's so good
2: well I don't know why I add letters in where they're not I, I
1: don't know because you are a phonetic reader. And you do a, a f- tremendous job, Brittany Page. Okay.
2: So his former attorney schemed to uh, defraud potential investors of his former drug company based in San Diego. Um, the attorney also pled not guilty on Monday. So, of course, Screlly is the one who raised the price of Daraprim by 5,000%. That's right. So he is already hated.
1: Oh, yeah. Reviled.
2: By many, many people. So his attorney has said the securities fraud prosecution is based on, quote, flawed theory (laughs) and a trial is expected early next year. So he just keeps running into trouble.
1: Right. Well, good for him. We will follow this and see where it goes in other news, other California news tomorrow or today for you on Thursday. California will be yet another state within the union of states in the United States That has an assisted suicide bill on the books.
2: The California End-of-Life Option Act takes effect on Thursday. The law allows terminally ill adults in California with less than six months to live to get a doctor's prescription for a lethal dose of aid in dying drugs. Governor Jerry Brown signed the legislation in October after it cleared both houses, not without some opposition from lawmakers. The law makes California the fifth state to legalize doctor-assisted dying. Oregon, Vermont, and Washington have enacted similar end-of-life measures. Montana's highest court in 2000. 2000- ruled that terminally ill patients have a right to terminate their lives with the help of a physician. In most Western countries, physician-assisted dying remains a criminal offense. So, of course, this bill was spurred primarily due to the Brittany Maynard case. That is right. And I believe she had brain... She did.
1: She had cancer, uh, obviously terminal brain cancer.
2: Right. And she was very young. And so this case was controversial because she was young and pretty and people didn't believe that she should have the right to end her life because of those things, even though she was suffering and um,
1: immeasurable suffering in pain, anguish and needed to make her own choice in this matter, which she did.
2: Right. So this is important for people like Brittany Maynard and the people that are fighting against this, you know, make religious
1: fundamentalists.
2: Well, they make very little sense. So they often say, oh, well, anyone can kill themselves now. No, you clearly just heard me say it's people with less than six months to live. They go to the doctor, they get a prescription. Um, The... Life Option Act requires that a patient seeking lethal drugs make three formal requests to their attending physician, one written and two of them orally delivered and spaced at least 15 days apart. The law also requires informed consent and excludes children. The lethal drugs must also be self-administered. So there's several...
1: Fail-safes.
2: Right. To allow this person to not do it.
1: Well, it's it's the same kind of assholes who are in opposition to trans bathroom access by lying about what's at stake here. Oh, just letting any dude, any old dude just going in the bathroom. That's what they want to do. That's not what they want to do. It's not that people just want to kill themselves willy-nilly. It's a certain percentage of the population that is in an enormous amount of pain, and it would ease their suffering as they die.
2: Well, and let's talk about how many people have done it. So Oregon's keeping track. Last year in Oregon, 132 patients took their lives through the state's assisted suicide law, increasing from 105 deaths in 2014 and 73 in 2013. So it's yeah. it's up to 132. Right. Close to 80% of them were 65 years or older and 93% were white. A little more than 70% of the patients had cancer and more than 90% died at home. Hmm. So it's not like everyone is going out to get this right. and, and have this. It's not happen. depression.
1: These are terminal illnesses. Chronic and terminal illnesses. These aren't people who are trying to game the system. These are people in pain. Anyway, that is what it is. Good news for California. I'm sure that there will be some revisions or additions made, amendments to the bill. Uh, the law, as it goes along, just to kind of clear things up and make it more workable and easy for the ill, for for the sick. Um, rather than than play, because we're going to move on to another topic. It's going to take us a little time. It'll get us past where we would normally play the lovely English lady reading our mid-roll, our, our Patreon and PayPal spot. Uh, I just want to say um, we're getting ready to talk about the... Brock Turner, convicted rapist in that entire case. And after we do, I'm going to talk about several times, but after this episode, we are also going to release two different bonus episodes. One is me reading the entire 11-page statement that Brock Turner, convicted rapist, made to the court prior to his sentencing.
2: This is the Stanford rape case that's
1: right and well we're going to get into all that but then i just want to ex- kind of explain what is, that bonus content is and then y- there is going to be another bonus piece of content that is britney reading his victims many many page statement R- i would really encourage you to to listen to these two things they are important both are important both his statement and her statement are important, especially in concert with one another, because she answers a lot of the idiocy, the claims that are made in his particular statement. If you have kids, these are these are valuable, and they should play a role in how you raise your children, especially sons. In in going forward, in dealing. With members of the opposite sex in a respectful, decent, normal, humanistic manner. Anyway, if you'd like to support the show, supporting this type, because th- th- just reading these two things took tons of time. Lots of editing. We, we really want to, to to bring you stuff like this. And I want to thank our Patreon and our PayPal supporters and the people who buy things on Amazon. I want to thank you guys Because you're the ones who are bringing this to the audience at large. But if you'd like to join our PayPal and Patreon people, you can do so by going to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. Support the show. There you'll find all the ways. We love you guys. We appreciate you. So if you haven't heard, completely just went crazy there. There is a, a kid who was a freshman in college at Stanford University. He was just convicted of three felonies for raping a girl at a party behind a dumpster. Subsequently, he was sentenced to six months in jail.
2: Right, and those three felonies, which included uh, assault with intent to rape had a maximum penalty of 14 years in prison. Right. So just for comparison.
1: Yeah. The judge citing the difficulty that it might be on him and his future only sentenced him to six months in jail.
2: And three months with good behavior.
1: Oh right. Yeah. Three three months.
2: This is Santa Clara County Superior Court Judge Aaron Persky.
1: And before we move on, let me just say, there is a recall, and I'm going to say it again at the end, there is a recall movement underway to remove Aaron Persky from the bench. You can go to www.recallaaronpersky.com. His name is spelled A-A-R-O-N-P-E-R-S-K-Y, Aaron Persky, Persky recallaaronpersky.com. I have signed up. I believe there is a petition there where you can sign to to voice your opposition to him staying on the bench, and I would really encourage you to do so. Um, This is a, a tragic and terrible case where a kid with a little privilege gets treated completely differently than someone who was sentenced in a more traditional, appropriate manner.
2: Right, so he was this athletic kid, a swimmer, that got a scholarship to go to Stanford and he committed this rape. He um, digitally raped this woman. She was completely passed out. He did this by a dumpster. She was completely unconscious.
1: She has no memory of it. She has
2: no memory of it. She woke up in the hospital with Cuts on her body and...
1: Dirt inside of her.
2: Yeah, it was really... I read the entire statement. It's difficult to read, but I read the whole thing. And and she really paints a clear picture of what happened.
1: Strong woman.
2: And the only reason he was caught is because two graduate students...
1: Scandinavians, two Swedish students. Yes. Yeah. uh,
2: Were riding by on their bicycles. And they saw a woman who... Was not moving with a man on top of her who was moving quite a bit. And they approached him, they tackled him, and they kept him there until the cops arrived. Yeah.
1: And that is well, he, the. He ran away, at which time they restrained him and right. stopped him. That yeah. is the
2: only reason. That's right. That he was caught and that there was a case to be made here. Yeah. Because there were witnesses. Yeah. Because she doesn't remember. That's right. And yeah. um, it's really disturbing because the father also gave a statement to the court. And in it, he said that his son should not have to go to prison for, quote, 20 minutes of action.
1: That's right. He shouldn't have to go to prison for this extended period of time for 20 minutes of action.
2: As it stands now, Goddamn. Brock's life has been deeply altered forever by the events of January 17th and 18th. He will never be his happy-go-lucky self with that easygoing personality and welcoming smile. His every waking moment is consumed with worry, anxiety, fear, and depression. This is the father talking about the convicted rapist. Right. Right. You can see this in his face, the way he walks, his weakened voice, his lack of appetite. Brock always enjoyed certain types of food and is a very good cook himself. I was always excited to buy him a big ol' ribeye steak to grill or to get his favorite snack for him. I had to make sure to hide some of my favorite pretzels or chips because I knew they wouldn't be along long after Brock walked in from a long swim practice. Now he barely consumes any food and eats only to exist. These verdicts have broken and shattered him and our family in so many ways. His life will never be the one that he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. That is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20 plus years of life.
1: 20 minutes of action of rape. His body was inside of her body.
2: Going on, what I know as his father is that incarceration is not the appropriate punishment for Brock. Right. Goddamn. So he's not going to be able to enjoy his steaks.
1: Oh, what what a little poor baby.
2: I mean, most of this was about like pretzels and chips and shit. Like I... <laughs> well,
1: the other thing is when you, when you listen to his How statement... How petty is that though? When you listen to his statement, it's also, I wanted to have a degree from, from Stanford... And I wanted to swim in the Olympics. And now all that's taken away from me. Well, don't rape. You don't want dumb shit and terrible shit to happen to you. Don't do dumb shit and terrible shit to other fucking people.
2: Well, he also said, I wish I was never even good at swimming.
1: Right, yeah. In in the statement, he said that.
2: Come on. Come on, dude.
1: I wish I was never accepted to Stanford, and then the media wouldn't be writing stories about me, because I've already lost two jobs.
2: I mean, it's very sad the way that he is so removed from what he did, and, yeah. and it's his family's encouraging it.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. It's clear from the response of the father... That, oh, well, he shouldn't be punished that much for 20 minutes of action. Nudge, nudge, elbow, elbow.
2: Right. It makes you wonder what he's saying to his son in private. That, I
1: had that exact same If thought.
2: this is what he's willing to say in the public sphere. I mean, chalking right. up a rape to, well, it was just 20 minutes of action. Yeah, what kind of action was it? Action. What kind of action rape was happening? Action.
1: Yeah, it's a little, he's getting a little action.
2: Was he... Humping an unconscious woman on the concrete by a dumpster.
1: Put dirt and pine needles inside of her vagina as a result of the action.
2: Who tried to run because he knew that he was doing something wrong.
1: Goddamn. It, it It is disgusting. And while I don't fully buy into rape culture as it's talked about... I do know that parents clearly need to do a better job of talking to their kids. Loyal listener, Kathy, emailed us concerned about her young son. I guess he's, he's probably junior high or high school age. And she has written what I think she, she described as a lesson plan for him. And she shared that with us. And she has given us permission to, in turn, share it with you.
2: To my son, a lesson on rape. You know me, getting so worked up about people in the news. I'm so disturbed by Brock Turner's behavior and his father's excuses that I felt compelled to share some thoughts with you about being a man, I guess. The following is what I hope you take with you on your journey into manhood rape-free manhood. It seems pretty straightforward, but unfortunately still needs to be said because Brock Turner's dad is raising a son too. One, girls are people. I'm bummed I just said that. You will meet people in your life that don't fully believe this. Let me be clear every female you ever meet is as real and human as you. Her thoughts, feelings, dreams, and fears are as true for her as yours are for you. She has a different sex organ, but not a different brain, heart, passion, or voice. She is your equal even if your social media or video games don't always see it that way. As your mother, and a woman, I hope you embrace this and believe it to your core. You will enjoy every kind of relationship with women more so, if you do. 2. Sex is not a sport. I see you guys out on the field, you block a shot, your buddy scores. At the end of a hard-fought win, you bump your chest and congratulate each other. Awesome. This is not what sex looks like. Don't get me wrong. I hear your songs. I see your movies and games. I understand that you are sent the message that sex is some sort of game. A girl is some sort of score and that getting lucky means maybe somebody else wasn't. This is untrue. Here's what sex looks like. Mutual respect. I'm not going to tell you that sex has to equal love. I'm not even going to tell you it will mean more to her than it does to you. Assume nothing, son. But healthy sex is mutually respectful. You are choosing to be intimate with someone choosing to be intimate with you. Are you being honest? Consent. To be uncomfortably clear here, there is no way to confuse enthusiastic consent with lack of consent, son. Consent can never be replaced with alcohol. If a girl has too much to drink, that does not equal a yes. Now, is she responsible for drinking too much? Absolutely. Are you responsible for not raping her? All the way, yes. If at any point you are unclear if she is sober enough to be choosing to have sex, don't do it. You will not regret missing an opportunity for sex. There will be chances, I promise. You will regret knowing you traded your integrity for a moment of pleasure at someone else's expense. Not worth it responsibility. You are responsible for your own sexual health and reproductive plans. She is responsible for hers. You get an STD. She's not dirty. You were lazy and irresponsible. Both. Okay, so healthy sex includes mutual respect, consent, and responsibility. If I had it my way, no one would ever have sex any other way. Here's the big one, though. If consent is missing, it isn't sex. It's rape. It's not lucky or funny or hot. It's only rape. I know it's no fun to hear stories about your mom's college years, but I'll keep it brief. I had too much to drink at a party once, more than once. You know what my guy friend did? He took me to his room, put me to bed, then went back to the party after locking his door from the inside so no one else could get in. That is an appropriate response to be... That is an appropriate response to a passed out, about to pass out female. My hope is that beyond not raping, you are one of the good guys. Stand up and speak out when you see something is not right. It's been 21 years, and I still remember that man's integrity. It matters. I'm almost done. My final point. You are a man. I know that sounds weird since I spent so much time establishing our equality. It's just that there are a couple things that really do matter because you're the guy. You are bigger than most girls. Every woman I know has felt either protected or intimidated by a man at some point in their life, sometimes just by the man's demeanor. I'm not asking you to ride around on a white horse, just be a gentleman. Your tolerance is higher because of your size, and because you're a guy, you will most likely have a higher alcohol tolerance than your female counterparts. Your three drinks are not the same as her three drinks. Keep your head straight. I know you are bombarded with ideas of what it is to be a man. To win what you want at all costs. Even though I'm your mom and a girl, I know one very important thing about manhood. There is nothing manly about taking something from someone that is not freely given, intentionally given. I also know that you are one of the good ones.
1: (laughs) It's really good. Mm -hmm. It really is really good. Um, I would... uh...
2: She also said she loves him. That's how it ended. (laughs) Just had to throw that in there. (laughs) Right
1: um sage advice it's just shitty that it has to be we're at a place where people like brock turner convicted rapist brock turner he strikes fear into women at parties where a good guy is going to be thought suspicious Because of the actions of a few assholes.
2: Well, I I think what Kathy said toward the end there is, you know, women generally have to feel somewhat on guard. Yeah, for sure. We're told. You've
1: taught me that. Walking through a parking lot and stuff. Right. We're
2: told to put your phone away and make sure you're alert when you're walking to your car. Put keys between your fingers when you're walking to your car. Yeah. I mean...
1: Things I don't have to worry about. Be
2: ready to fight Yeah, for your life when you're walking to your vehicle. I mean, those are the things that we're told to do. Yeah. So, you know, when someone is being inappropriate, even slightly, it's like, okay, whoa, is this person a predator? Are they, you know, what's going on? You have to kind of figure it out. And I really love what Kathy wrote there. I think it's really powerful... I think it's
1: important.
2: And it's important, and it's simple, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, um, like I said, following this episode, directly following this episode will be Brock Turner, convicted rapist, Brock Turner's statement to the court, read by me. And directly following that, in a separate podcast episode, in a separate bonus episode, is Britney reading his victim's statement, which is unbelievably powerful. Unbelievably, it's an indictment of him and his excuses and his bullshit and his lies and his lack of accountability. It is beautiful. It is heart-wrenching. It is tear- inducing and it is important especially if you have children boys young men to have them listen to her talk about her trauma and her victimization and her strength through the entire thing it is a good good listen listen it's it's a little long but it is just that important and we thought it important that we we read it you know it's going to save you reading the tens of pages however many pages it is it's just you put your headphones in taking a drive and listening to the powerful statement of the victim of convicted rapist brock turner all right anything else before we move on Brittany?
2: Uh, No, thank you again to Kathy for that awesome email.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We love you, Kathy. We appreciate your listenership. We appreciate your support. And as always, our listeners, the best. The fucking best.
2: I hope I read it in a way that (laughs) gave it the...
1: The gravitas that it deserves.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, thank you.
1: I think you did. Awesome. All right. Let's get to the other nightmare... Donald Trump. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Well, listen, we have been talking about the most recent racist shit that Donald Trump said. But before we get to all of that, let's talk about what took place On Tuesday, June 7th, it was a seven-state primary day. California, New Jersey, Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, and New Mexico. All of those states went down like this. Bernie Sanders won Montana and North Dakota. The caucus in North Dakota. And Hillary Clinton won everything else. Hillary Clinton won decidedly here in California. And Brittany Page and I, because we are residents of the state, the mediocre state of California, not the great state of California. <laughs> because Brittany Britney Page and I are, are, are residents here, we did cast our votes. And I think I owe it to the audience because we here we're here now, and I have actually cast a ballot to talk about. The people for whom we voted. Mm. So, Brittany, go ahead. We're just talking about president here, not anything else.
2: You want me to say who I voted for?
1: Yeah, of course. You don't want to say? I'll say.
2: Okay, well, I wanted to vote for Hillary Clinton just to spite someone that I very much dislike. (laughs) <laughs> who is a Bernie Sanders supporter.
1: He is what would be considered a Bernie bro, calling women who disagree with Bernie Sanders cunts and bitches uh, insanity.
2: He has called me dumb as fuck. Yeah. Before.
1: Quote unquote, dumb as fuck.
2: So I wanted to do that just to spite him, but I decided not to do that. Well, he's
1: a moron with little man's disease, is who what he is.
2: Well, it's fine, whatever is going on. But well, um, what it is. Well, he's it's fine. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you did not apparently vote yes. for Hillary Clinton. Yes.
2: I voted for Bernie Sanders. That is what I did.
1: I also voted for Bernie Sanders.
2: So the first time in your life voting for a Democrat, <laughs> you go all in and go with Bernie Sanders. Well,
1: here's the deal. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I think the audience knows and understands that I am. I respect Bernie oh. Sanders. I feel strongly about his character. And I decided to vote for Bernie Sanders because, one, I've already talked about how, you know, fuck the Republican Party here in California. It's a closed primary. They didn't want my vote. I'm unaffiliated. I'm no party preference. And they're closed primary in the Republican side. So, And also, there's only one candidate to vote for, and that's clearly Donald Trump. And that's clearly, again, not something I'm going to do. So I chose to vote in the Democratic primary this year. First time ever. First time ever voting for a Democrat. And I, I, I chose Bernie Sanders for two reasons. One, I do have respect for him. I do admire him. His integrity. But the other reason is, until I'm forced to vote for Hillary Clinton, <laughs> I just, I'm not going to fucking do it. Yeah. So it was almost a protest vote.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, because listen, I don't agree with a lot of what Bernie Sanders stands for. I don't uh, agree with the method by which he he plans to change the country. Does the country need to be changed? Yes. Are there things that need to be done? Yes. Are we a a long way away from our goal? Absolutely. Is his particular way the way to do it? Eh, I'm still unconvinced, but I didn't feel like I was throwing away my vote to extend his chances and extend his run toward the Democratic National Convention.
2: Yeah. So Hillary Clinton won California anyway. So Decidedly, like I said. Um but and the other controversy that occurred is she was called the presumptive nominee the day before California and New Jersey and other states voted.
1: Which was total and complete bullshit.
2: It was. And now well, when the primaries happened, after she found out that she had won all these states, she officially made her speech, um, calling herself the presumptive nominee that's and that's right. that's what everyone is now referring to her as because with superdelegates she has 2,777 without superdelegates she has 2,203 without superdelegates bernie has 1,828 and chris cuomo on cnn was it chris cuomo it was john king right yeah. john king was talking about this because he's the
1: numbers nerd Right. Yeah.
2: And and he said something really interesting. He said that okay, if people want to say, well, let's take the super delegates out of the equation. Yeah. Then you have to remove the super delegates from the number that's needed to win as well.
1: So the number needed total drops precipitously down to like 2026.
2: Right, because the the number needed to win is 2383. Yeah. So if you remove the super delegates, then it goes down and Hillary Clinton has reached that threshold yeah. without the superdelegates. Yeah. So that's kind of listen, what it, they're talking about.
1: It is the deal. It is a bummer for Bernie supporters. I feel for you. I Listen, I feel for you.
2: But he's not dropping out.
1: He is not. He's sticking it out. He's going forward toward the convention. I don't know if it's because he promised everyone would get a chance to vote. And so he's waiting until D.C., which is one week from Tuesday. I don't know.
2: Well, Barack Obama is also meeting with Bernie tomorrow. Well, on Thursday. That's right. Today. (laughs) And I am wondering what that conversation is going to be about. Because Hillary Clinton has said, my VP will be chosen by the convention. Right. So for those that are hoping Bernie is her VP, if he's going to fight her at the convention, well, he's obviously not going to be her VP. But if Barack Obama is meeting with him to try to talk him into getting out...
1: Who knows what'll happen. I mean, who knows what's being
2: talked about behind closed doors. So
1: here's the deal. I'll say it again. Listen, if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, and I voted for Bernie Sanders, I'm with you, and you're for the reforms that Bernie Sanders wants to put forth, and you're for fighting for the little guy, then if you refuse to vote for Hillary Clinton... That is effectively, and don't fucking kid yourself, that is effectively a vote for Donald Trump. What good are you doing, the country, if you really think that Bernie Sanders, when given the choice in November, is going to vote for Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, do you think that, I mean, there's three choices. It's either don't vote... Vote for Donald Trump or vote for Hillary. What do you think he's going to do? Who do you think he feels is going to push forward with his agenda more? Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? I think the, uh, the, the answer is obvious. Anyway, I, I really hope that those diehard Bernie fans out there, and you know who I'm talking about, I hope you do the right thing for America, for for the little guy who can't speak for himself, who can't fight for himself. All right. Well, let's move on. In the few minutes that we have left, god damn, that went real, real long. We, we were passionate about that, Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump said all that racist shit about that judge last week. <laughs>
2: No, it was misconstrued. It's been misconstrued. Right,
1: totally misconstrued. Donald Trump
2: is now saying it's been misconstrued.
1: Right. He, he. It's always the written statement. I've said this before. It's always the written statement. It's like, no, 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 no. Very concisely written, super. It's obviously not him who wrote the written statement.
2: If only he could just speak through letter.
1: Right. Just everything he says is just through the written word. We would never have a misunderstanding. Yeah. Instead, we have his fucking voice, which, oh, there's just all this room for misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. When he Mm -hmm. says that a judge cannot be unbiased because of his race, because of his ethnicity. Well, there was an entire scrum on CNN with Jeffrey Lord, who is a paid just a fucking robot for Donald Trump. No matter what he says, he gets backed up.
2: No matter what.
1: No, ma- He could say, I think all blacks and Mexicans should be shot. And, and Jeffrey Lord would have some weird way of spinning it to make it seem like Democrats are racist.
2: Jeffrey Lord has never criticized Donald Trump.
1: It is unbelievable. Anyway, we're going to put a link to a 20 minute YouTube video with so many people just excoriating him on his bullshit on his spinning and his lies it's awesome we're going to put it on the web page we were going to talk about it and i have all the clips set but we've gone too long and it's just it's going to take too long so i'm sparing you a four-hour episode (laughs) and what i want to move to is Paul Ryan, who we played last time, he made a statement about how he disavowed those comments and how he doesn't just he doesn't agree. Well, he made another statement, and there was one thing missing, and that that's he's he's pulling out his support from Donald Trump. He disavows the comments, he calls them racist, and is still supporting Donald Trump. I disavow these requirements. I regret those comments that he made. I don't think. Claiming a person
0: can't do their job because of their race is sort of like the textbook definition of a racist comment. I think that should be absolutely disavowed. It's absolutely unacceptable. But do I believe that Hillary
1: Clinton (laughs) is the answer? No, I do not. Do I believe that Hillary Clinton is going to be the answer to solving these problems? I do not. I believe that we have more common ground on the policy issues of the day, and we have more likelihood of getting our policies enacted with him than we do with her. But I do absolutely disavow those comments. I think they're wrong. I don't think they're right-headed, and and
0: the thinking behind it is something I don't even personally relate to, but at the end of the day, this is about
1: ideas. This is about moving our agenda forward, and that's why we're moving the way we're moving. So at the end of the day, this is about ideas. Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. At the end of the day, this is about ideas. And what kind of ideas are you supporting? The rampant, racist rants of an asshole, of a megalomaniacal... Prick Donald Trump, who you're not withdrawing your support from. Well, listen, it's not just me. Well, excuse me. Alright.
2: I <laughs> I was amazed by this clip. I mean, it is amazing. He says, yes, what he said is the textbook definition of racist.
1: Racist. But not I'm... insensitive, Brittany. Fucking racist. And
2: then he says, but. Yeah. There's no but, Paul Ryan.
1: But I, but Hillary Clinton's really scary. Uh,
2: I mean, this is, I thought that Paul Ryan had more integrity than this. I really did did. So did I. But he has really sold out here. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Because Lindsey Graham came out. And he has rescinded his endorsement of Donald Trump. Yeah. And he's calling on other Republicans to do, to so. do the same. Yeah, yeah. and Bo-
1: Loudly proclaiming it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he is saying that this is completely un-American, that this is inappropriate, and he has rescinded his endorsement.
1: Yeah. Well, Joe Scarborough, the guy on Morning Joe on MSNBC, former Republican congressman from Florida... Went on a little bit of a rant about these particular politicians who are taking that particular line, like Paul Ryan, that, oh, yeah, we know it's bad, but Hillary Clinton's the worst. He, he really took them to task in a way that really is true to Joe Scarborough.
2: What they can do now is is binary. They can either leave their endorsement in place or they can revoke it. But there is no curtain number three. So what they all have to do is decide. And Chris Christie, uh, whatever you think of the choice, double down in his support for Donald Trump. He was there all day yesterday helping him with the statement that went out with the speech last night. And whatever you think of these moves, he has made his bed and he's lying in it. Mark Kirk chose the other path. Jeff Flake, Mark Kirk revoked. To support Lindsey Graham, we're
3: both as to so, the choice. Well, I'm just saying point, th- they haven't made one choices. yet.
0: There's a third I mean, choice,
1: right? Well, what's the third? T- can I, I, think t- can, can t- I tell you what the third the choice telling.
0: is? Yeah. The third choice is this. Hey, Donald, guess what? I'm not going to support you until you get your act together. You're acting like a Bush League loser. You're acting like a racist. You're acting like a bigot. And I'm beginning this to think is you called are. art of the we deal. Can't have that. I'm taking my deal off the table, Donald, until you come back to the table and get on the other side of the table and prove to me that you're not a bigot and prove to me that you're not going to take my party down in the ditch, you don't have my endorsement, and you can't use Hillary Clinton as a gun against my head. I'm taking the gun away from my head. I'm putting it on the table, and now it is in your hands on whether you are going to prove to the Republican Party and me personally that you're not a bigot. So, so don't use Hillary Clinton as a threat against me. Don't don't use Hillary Clinton as an excuse as as your blank check to say racist things about people born in Indiana. No, Donald, you don't get to play it that way. I'm not scared of you and I'm not scared of the base because they you're just as pissed off as me. Walk away. It's called art of the deal. It's what Donald Trump has been preaching all of his life. They're I can't say the word that they are. They're yes. They're Donald they're used weak. the word in
3: New Hampshire. He used it. So they're
0: being weak. They need
3: you bring up to Hillary negotiate. Clinton. It's a great point because here's the deal, Paul Ryan. You can't use Hillary Clinton either in no, your just pathetic, stop. Uh, stop. weak just kind stop. of meandering around this problem. Because really, guys, you know what we have here with these Republican leaders who are like, can't have Hillary Clinton, really. You hate her that much, you'll take a racist. You hate her that much, we're going to have eight more years of the Republicans we had who said fr- from the get-go with Obama, we just want but him here, to fail. Here, here's the thing. You're going it, to have more the of, of here, the same. Guys, you are more of the same. It's
0: the worst of all worlds, Willie, because if they embrace the racist to beat Hillary, they lose to Hillary and they destroy
3: and the they party. hate her that much. No, that no, no. no,
0: they lose Listen to me, guys. You embrace a guy making racist comments. Why do you have to you lose the, Because they're stupid. You lose the presidency, right? That's amazing. And then you lose the Senate and you lose the House. And then we, small government conservatives, we're screwed because you've destroyed our party because you're running scared. Stop running scared. You've got to stand up to Donald Trump and say, prove to us that you deserve our support. And when you do that, then maybe we'll consider giving you our endorsement back. But right now, Willie, they're running scared. And Donald smells it. So he can say whatever the hell he wants to say. And, it's gonna and he get sees worse. them as weak cowards unless they start standing up to him right now. And they take their party back. Donald Trump needs them
1: more than they need Donald Trump. Too late. It is too late for the Republican Party. They are weak. They are cowards. They are hiding Behind their positions and the threat of losing their particular seats in government, they're hiding behind that.
2: What if Hillary Clinton was saying these deplorable things?
1: Oh, my God. Well, first of all, even these idiots who are who are blindly following their great leader, Trump. They would be outraged right. if Hillary Clinton was to say something like this.
2: Oh, they would be losing their minds right. if Hillary Clinton was saying these things. But because it is the Republican, they have to keep scrambling.
1: Party over principle.
2: And it's disgusting. Yeah. And I was telling someone the other day, the GOP has lost. You have lost. It's done.
1: Just chalk this one up to a loss, the presidency.
2: It's you guys need to change. And you need to make some adjustments, and then you can come back and and be reformed. Stop talking about gay marriage. Get the racism in check. Figure it out. That's right. And join modernity, and then you know we can have a more even playing field. But well, also
1: more more immediately, just focus on not losing the House and the Senate from a political angle. That's what you need to do, because Joe Scarborough is right. You're gonna lose to Hillary. It's a it's a done deal unless by some miracle she gets indicted by the FBI or by the Justice Department, which is it's not going to fucking happen. That's not going to happen. I'm not saying it doesn't need to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't made a determination on that.
2: We'll have to wait to play that clip on Sunday.
1: But uh, he is right. Just chalk this one up to a loss, fellas. You fucked up. Focus on keeping the house. And keep in the Senate.
2: Listen, even Deepak Chopra is criticizing Donald Trump. (laughs) Even he knows. You know you're in
1: trouble then.
2: (laughs) Even he knows. Okay. (laughs) What's going on where you guys can't admit it to?
1: Right. God damn. All right. Well, let's. I don't know. I think we got a couple Hillary commercials here to play.
2: Well, I can read the Deepak Chopra quote. We've if you got like. a whole
1: State Department F- Freedom of Information Act thing to read, to to play, to talk about. All right, read the Deepak Chopra quote. We love yeah, the crazy Deepak Chopra.
2: I would never say this unless I believed it was one hundred percent true. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow! All right, start again. That was an awesome way to begin a Deepak <laughs> Chopra quote.
2: Seriously? (laughs) Only facts. Only facts. All right, one more time. I would never say this unless I believed it was 100% true. But he represents the racist, the bigot, the one who's prejudiced. The one who is full of fear and hatred, the one who represents emotional retardation of a three-year-old, and yet he's so popular because he's given permission to our collective psyche to express their darkest demons.
1: Wow, emotional retardation, sensitive guy, Deepak Chopra, everybody. Yeah. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, we're we're not going to leave you there. We're going to leave you with some good news.
2: Taking care of
1: Biz. Adidas. Uh, Adidas like the shoe company? Yes. Alright.
2: They are creating footwear that is that's, being... you
1: know that's what they do. Okay. They're a footwear company. Yeah, but
2: this is a special kind. <laughs> this is very inventive. Alright. It is being produced using ocean plastic.
1: Wait a minute. What is ocean plastic?
2: Well, you know how I'm really obsessive about like cutting up the little can, oh
1: like the six-pack container.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's what it is, but okay. Well, it is plastic that is collected in coastal areas of the Maldives.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I get it. So it's plastic that they're retrieving like garbage in the ocean.
2: Right. So they've partnered with an organization, Parley for the Oceans, and they're creating the Adidas X Parley. And it is made from these plastics that they are taking from out of the oceans. Well
1: that's awesome, because there really is a a, a massive problem with shit that just can there's like a a vortex of garbage in the middle of the Indian ocean that or somewhere out there that's like the size of fucking texas the state of texas which is massive and there's all kinds of plastic and garbage and trash and and craziness out there and it's nice that they're creating a shoe apparently right it's made from all of that refuse right that is just not going to biodegrade it's not going to go away and it's poisoning sea life and everything else it's an environmental blight
2: yeah they have figured out how to turn the plastic into technical yarn fibers that can be used for making performance products and so it's really a unique design they look really cool and you're also helping the ocean
1: and listen i don't know if everybody knows but i'm i'm a big runner so i'll probably have to get a pair
2: Mm. You love running.
1: Not anymore. I, I mean, used to run my ass off.
2: Your bone spurs.
1: All right. We get it. I got bone spurs. I got the spurs.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <whistles> my, uh, My Western, my Western wear. They're just natural. Uh,
2: <laughs> you know, we have done too much recording today. Yes. And it is very late.
1: It is late. So... a.m. I think
2: that's what's happening to you over there.
1: All right. We love you. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking part in moving the conversation forward as often as you do. If you'd like to support the show other than listening, you can go to dolamore.com And on the left-hand side of the page, there is the little link that says support the show. There you'll find the Amazon link, a link to PayPal that you could... Donate some money, whether lump sum or or, or on a monthly basis, or Patreon.com/slash. I doubt it with All of these ways are viable. We appreciate every single penny, and I am not even kidding. Every single penny that we get is is used appropriately, and it it does not go to waste. You guys are supporting what I consider to be great work here. We are fostering a conversation on a global basis that is important so thank you very much and we appreciate it until next time for Brittany Page I am Jesse Dollamore and this has been I Doubt He Was Right and Fuck Me
2: yes